November came fast. Not first of us. Is that snow I see falling? No. It's snowing outside. Where did I put my overshoes? Is this thing on? This is Big Green. Yes. Ah. Be a different color just Aww. for this week. It's this thing going. Welcome to the November 2014 edition of This Is Big Green, the post election edition, the pre Thanksgiving edition. Hello! Pre Christmas edition as well. Indeed. Ned Trek 21 is on the docket today. Oh, Sir. Maple Glory! Yes, indeed. I made up that name myself. Just minutes ago. Yes, indeed, and that includes not five, but six original songs, maybe seven. I think six and a half. Six or seven <laughs> original songs. I don't know, it's late and we're tired and old. Never before heard. Anyway, stay tuned. That and a little bit of conversation. Maybe another song or two, who knows. Stay tuned! This is Lee Majors. Last week on Ned Trek, the crew of the Free Enterprise started out the episode on a high note. Everything seemed to be going just fine. Then all of a sudden, the tables got turned, and the landed party found themselves in a life-threatening situation. Things looked pretty grim for at least 37 minutes, and then, miraculously, everything got straightened out. Gallons of alien blood stained the river a weird orange color. It was fantastical and mind-numbing all at the same time. Still, the crew ended up the show with some light humor, which put a neat little bow around the turd. I think that I would cry if I were less of a man and more of an actor. No time for that now. There's a new episode rolling down the hill at you right now. Space. The ultimate marketplace. These are the voyages of the starship Free Enterprise. Its mission of undetermined length, um, until we're canceled, I guess, to seek out strange new commodities, exploitable alien workforces, to brazenly amass the largest profits that any corporation has before. Mr. Ned, is it true that this is the first time a Confederation ship has been this far out? Believe me, you're not that far out, Pearl. The closest you'll ever get to being hip is to have hip replacement surgery. You're so freaking old. You know, those hepcat expressions originated with Negroes and gays. Did I ever share my opinion on gays with this crew? No, of course I didn't. I'm just making it up now. 
You know, I was the most broad-minded person in my administration. It was Kissinger that was the vessel of hate back in the day. It's true that gays can destroy an entire society from the inside like tooth decay. But then that leaves an opportunity for Nixon to ride in on a white elephant and distract everyone with a flamboyant bombing campaign. Begging your pardon, sir, but it was gays that led to the fall of the Roman Empire and not the barbarians that those elite revisionists are always so quick to blame. <laughs> no doubt they do most of their blaming while drinking French champagne on the veranda of their Italian villas. <laughs> those professors are all so stinking rich. <laughs> yes, Rome was invaded by ball bearings. There are fallen arches there now. Indeed, the homosexuals of Rome ruined a perfectly good war machine, and then nobody could use it. So, Captain, do we actually have a mission that we're obligated to carry out today? Or did some Starfleet's admiral declare it brainless Friday? Ned, we do have a mission. We're headed to the Yinsipid system, and to the last reported location of the U.S. Crackahead. <laughs> well, what do you know? That's Captain Rick Perry's ship. That old space doggy? I bet he got himself seared to a crisp again by getting too close to some handsome shooting star. Just like during the primaries. <laughs> or more likely cooked proper on some planet, experiencing a runaway greenhouse effect. He never was able to see that coming. Sir, we're just now coming into visual range of the insipid system. <laughs> Can't you all just imagine the state-of-the-art graphics that are going to be spliced in here? It inspires awe. Frankly, the only thing I'm inspired to do is vomit. They use way too much glue putting these spaceship models together. I say, there by the grace of God go you, my dear old hoss. You know, back where I come from, whole communities are made entirely from plastic goop. We're all bound together by our religious values and by the gobs of toxic goo. There's a starship in orbit around planet Yinsipid 4. Captain, it's the crack ahead. Sensors indicate no life readings aboard. Well, that just doesn't make any sense. Rick Perry wears himself some stylish space spectacles now. It must have lifted his life readings just a little bit. <laughs> How exactly did Rick end up with space testicles anyway? I guess we should send a team over to the Crackerhead and find out what in the hallmark is happening over there. <laughs> and what happened to his weird replaceable crew? Mr. Pearl, it's high time I give you a chance to flex your command muscles. You are, after all, the ship's number two. <laughs> number two. This will be your chance to finally see what you can accomplish off the poop deck. Why don't you leave the away team? I don't want you to think I'm not grateful for this, um, opportunity, Captain. But, um, my back is extremely delicate today and... Well, there might be a disease aboard that ship. Some horrible plague that spread like wildfire through the crew. It may have caused them to turn green and die. You know me, I'm highly susceptible to catching cold. I get sick just looking at sick people in a scanner. I'm so the wrong person for this mission. I, I recommend that you send the android President Nixon on this one. Uh, he can't get sick or die, or get impeached, or anything. Are you done wallowing in your own coward sweat, Pearl? You'd be hopeless on this mission anyhow. You might see your shadow and then we'd be in for three months of war. Or however that works with Puxatawney Pearl. I'll go with Nixon Willard. It's not likely that whatever killed the crew could kill a horse. Not unless it brings out the really big needle. Very well, Ned. You lead the away mission. We can watch our progress later in the editing room. Early next week sometime. 
I'll look forward to it. Wait a minute, Captain. That's a good idea. Maybe I can go after all. I can be filmed against a green screen and then later edited into the scene. Think of it. That way I can assume a major role in the landing party. I can be the man you always wanted me to be. I can be standing on the front line, holding a phaser in one hand, and fearlessly signaling my team to move forward with the other hand, and maybe throwing a photon grenade with the other hand. Those munitions would be supplied by the company Black Matter, and the logo could be displayed prominently on screen during the close-up of an explosion. How many hands do you think you have, Pearl? Although God only knows what you keep under all that yellow blubber. Besides, you're afraid of green screen. The last time we used it with you, you thought you were being swallowed up by a green space monster. Imbecile. I was not, Ned. I just thought it was the green slime. That's a real threat. I've used it as a justification for asymmetrical war at least twice. I say, but Captain... Wouldn't we be facing certain death and being real jeopardy of contracting deadly alien pathogens or struck down by some kind of anti-Christian jelly waves? <laughs> Go ahead over with them, Mr. Pearl. <laughs> the unknown. I think that I owe you a look at it. Or at least a look at what's coming up in the next scene. Hey, Ned, where are those script monkeys? Maybe they can give us a little preview. They can put on little star fleece uniforms and show us how it goes. After that, it's back up on the roof of the saucer section with them again. <laughs> up there, they can make it their business to keep the hose unkinked in case I need to wash Hamish off again. <laughs> Monkey business. Willard, Hamish passed on to doggy heaven 160 years ago in Earth's past. Can't you keep anything straight in that waffle brain of yours? <laughs> well, that explains why Hamish stopped retrieving the Washington Times. I thought it was because I remembered that he wasn't a retriever in the first place. Or maybe he decided he didn't like Mr. Mooney. No matter, just as long as his people don't expect reparations. Willard, I just spoke to the director of this episode. I'm not sure what the occasion is. He doesn't usually talk to us unless we're forced to share an elevator. Anyhow, it seems that he wants both you and Pearl to beam over to the crack ahead with me and Nixon. I think he may be trying to get rid of you. You know... So then he could move on to directing some real quality television. Something like Petticoat Junction. <laughs> Directors, I thought that when Bane took over Paramount, they all got pink slips. And even a few fancy negligees thrown into severance. Well, Mr. Ned, let's get on over to the Crackerhead now. I have to be back here at eight bells. My man is going to iron my uniform while I'm wearing it, of course. <laughs> that way I'm sure to still look like me. Come back! Something over there killed everyone on board. It's likely still there. You'd be lucky if there's enough left of you to fit in a shoebox. Perfect. I've been saving shoeboxes. Great places to keep broken knickknacks so I don't keep stepping on them. <laughs> Stepped on the severed arm of a porcelain Dutch boy the other day. Made me homesick. We'll take the dock along too, Willard. Just in case there is a deadly virus on board. It could chew on his gristle for a while. To the transporter room, men. We're beaming on board the cracker. Da -da 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 -da
I say, hooey! Would you look at how easy the crew had it on board this VIP version of a Confederate ship. Seems like they all got flapjacks served up to them right at the bridge stations. And just look at how all the delectables have been garnished with the uniform of the officers that they are thoughtfully intended to gratify. Yeah, Doc, the crew must have just abandoned this life of solid comfort. All probably to pan for gold in the Yinsipit Equatorial River System. Pitching their duty, their commissions, and apparently their uniforms. All for space gold. Oh my god, space gold! Do you really think there is some down there? Doc, do you still carry a colander with you at all times? Tell me it's not true! Officers comforting naked, like devil-worshipping painted heathens! They're abandoning our star fleece in God's light, all for a fistful of Satan's tinsel! <laughs> but a few million fistfuls can get you on God's good side again! <laughs> I know, I usually carry the old man's proxy. Captain Romney, I just figured out how to play back the last log entry from the crackerhead. I feel it's my duty to inform you that my presidential secretary, meaning Yeoman Woods, accidentally erased the most incriminating portion of it. She hit the record button on the floor with her right foot while simultaneously using her left foot to change the smoke detector batteries up on the ceiling. She's a skilled contortionist. That's why we hired her. Also, she knew her way around a dictaphone. Thanks for the irrelevant report, Nixon. Captain Willard, I've got the last log entry ready for playback. <laughs> sure, Mr. Ned. Let's find out how they all died. Captain's log stardate 02007097. Or hopefully those are my coordinates. If they are, and if anybody's able to beam me out of this apocalyptic disease death pit, I'd appreciate it. Okay, back to my log entry. First Officer Charles Grassley reporting. <laughs> it's Chuckles! One solar day ago, our landing party came back with a space box or something. We didn't know. It was something green anyhow. I think it was the deadly green acres virus. It must have spread to this part of the galaxy via channel bleed from another network. The fact is, the whole crew is half dead. And the other half is near completely dead, including me. Talk about a small part. I was hoping to bag a reoccurring role here, but no. Apparently I'm not blue blood enough. Too much of a farmer, I reckon. I bet the elite cast members aren't even susceptible to the Green Acres virus. Anyhow, if you were stupid enough to board this ship without wearing futuristic environmental seats, then you're all stupid men and dead men too. More the latter, I suspect. Oh my god! Stupid and dead! Two things I've strived my whole life not to be! To have beans or not to have beans? That is the question! That the cook asked me earlier! <laughs> I guess that he can pull back a few place settings. That is, if we're going to be busy being dead for a while. <laughs> Let's get back to the ship now! Whatever you do, don't go back to your own ship. Now that would really be stupid. You'll infect your own crew and they'll all die horribly like we are dying now. Don't be ignoramuses. Get down to the planet. There's some kind of weird immunity down there. You might ask why we didn't all beam down there to take advantage of that. 
A touch of inconsistency in the plot, I reckon. The people who wrote this are also pretty dumb. Hey, quit calling everybody dumb. You're the one that's dead. Just one more thing, and this is the most important thing, really. Reflecting on it now, I probably should have started with this. Doesn't matter now, I guess. Captain Perry is... (laughs) Isn't he just... I'd say exceptional. Yes, sir, I would. Ruggedly handsome and, um, smart? I say, don't you know these things are good? A rarefied flavor, that's for sure. Like no other flapjacks I've ever had. They taste like butter biscuits soaked in Aunt Earlene's special opossum droppings. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. That was the secret part. Spit that out, imbecile. Those flapjacks are what's left of the crew. That's what the deadly Greenacres virus reduced them to. You're eating the remains of diseased Starfleet officers. But these diseased officers are good. And besides, it couldn't be construed as being morally wrong. I'm not intentionally eating any of the white ones. This one's a golden brown.
Oh my god, that was terrible! I agree, Ned, but legally the docks on pretty solid ground. Since Starfleet has been deregulated, cannibalism is no longer a crime. Although I'm compelled to point out that it's also not illegal to kill any officer partaking in cannibalistic activities. As far as Starfleet is concerned, any officers that carry out punishment for the non-crime of cannibalism would not be penalized if they then decide to dine on the uncondemned men. I say, this mission need not be one dominated by tragedy. Do you think there's any syrup on board, sir? No, no, not maple syrup. That stuff is kryptonite to my system. No android can ever get near this stuff. I say, I understand. It must gum up your gears real good. Worse than that. To us, it's a hallucinogen of the First Order. Once you've taken some, no matter how small a dose, you've bought the farm. You may not have even wanted the farm in the first place. Especially if it comes with a farmer's wife. Always so quick to bring out the carving knife when she perceives intruders. Of course, she doesn't seem to realize that if the president is the intruder, then it's not illegal. Doc, you know that active-duty starships never carry maple syrup. It's too rare and too precious of a commodity now. Ever since all the sugar maple trees on Earth retreated to the North Pole, and then were subsequently drowned out due to the water table rising by 2,000 feet. None of that was the result of climate change, of course. It's just the kind of thing that happens in fiscal cycles. <laughs> you know, I used to cycle around New England back in the day. The maple trees used to turn all kinds of fascinating colors. Even a few that Crayola didn't yet have in the box. I had my pedal man take a few Polaroids, and then my new company, Fastels, snatched the patent on them. That's how the color Mormon Maroon was born. <laughs> uh, yeah, well... Anyhow, I'm pretty sure that the Koch brothers have the contract for supplying the Confederation's synthetic syrup. I understand they've been primarily responsible for drilling for it and refining it. I guess they needed something to do when the Earth's petroleum supply finally ran out. They tried selling John Birch memorabilia, and they managed a poison lemonade stand for a while, but interest soon waned. Luckily, when they fracked a little deeper, they finally hit syrup. Or at least some toxic radioactive sludge that when mixed with 150 parts corn syrup faintly resembled the real article. I say, that's how old Mrs. Butterworth got her healthy glow. <laughs> the way it was explained to me by my trusty industry chemist is that the neurotoxins fool the brain into perceiving deliciousness. Willard, I guess we should beam down to the planet and look for Captain Perry. Unless you have some more witless business on board this plague ship. No, I guess I need to choose the landing party again. Hey, Ned, can I choose the same people twice in a row, or would that qualify as a bonus pick? We all have to go, idiot, or else before too long we'll be experiencing a less-than-fantastic voyage inside the gutter Doc Coburn. Very well. <laughs> this is Captain Romney to the Free Enterprise. Do you read me, Free Enterprise? I repeat, this is Captain Romney to the Free Enterprise. You read me, Free Enterprise. Oh my god, no answer. You don't think that when he heard about the Green Acres virus, Willis just warped out of orbit and left us here to die, do you? I'm too relevant ever to die. Just ask me. Give someone a chance to answer the comm call, imbecile. This is the Free Enterprise. Welsh here. Welsh, beam us down to the planet. We mean the one we're in orbit around, in case you're rattled by drink. I realize it's after row 700 hours. Is there a choice? Can we go to another planet? The Earth comes to mind as a favorite option. I cannot beam you over to a place that's hundreds of light years away. 
I'm not able to perform miracles. I can't beam you to the planet we're in orbit around or back to the free enterprise. I'm afraid those are your only alternatives. Then beam me back to the home ship, sir. I can catch a limo ride back home from Desilu. Pearl, go ahead and infect everyone in your vile conservative stink tank then. I would imagine there's a chance that some decent ideas might finally begin to flow from there if they're being conjured up by infected flapjacks instead of arch-conservative fat hacks. Beam us down to the usual planet set, Welsh, and cue up the usual wind chimes. Aye, sir. Why, I say, what a handsome piece of real estate this is. Everyone dressed in period costumes as a tribute to our own planet's time of glory. As seen from the all-seeing eye of God's majesty, they've even taken upon themselves to celebrate our arrival by carrying out a hanging in the town square. You just don't get any more hospitable than that. Yes, it is refreshing to see that this society has no problem, or hang-up, if you will, (laughs) with using capital punishment. And by carrying it out in such a public place at lunchtime, uh, it can serve as a splendid example to the citizens of this planet. The importance of market conformity. It's sure easier and less expensive to go to war with the product they have. Most people don't realize it's an added expense to put those plastic nuts in almond joy bars. <laughs> You're nuts, Willard. That might just be one of the crew of the crackerhead being put to death. Maybe it's Captain Perry himself. <laughs> ah, Rick. He just can't resist but to go out on an applause line. <laughs> Nixon, give us your analysis of the situation. Aye, sir. It's pretty standard fare. The atmosphere is oxygen-nitrogen with traces of argon, neon, and a few less polite gases. In fact, the conditions are precisely the same as our Earth studio. Gravity 100% of Earth's, again, typical. I mean your analysis of the townsfolk here. What are they up to? Do they pose a threat? Of course. Potential threats are lurking everywhere. Even over there under that donkey cart. In that drinking well. Beneath the shawl of that old blind woman. The Bay of Kong may have hidden an anti-aircraft missile launcher in there. That child with a balloon should be considered a lethal enemy. One capable of acts of such savagery that it boggles the mind. And in real terms, upends our fundamental understanding of what children are supposed to be. It's possible that even the carpet bombing of this village won't be enough to cleanse our palates. Indeed, we can never forgive them for what they have made us do to their children. I'll take that as no threat. Thanks, Nixon. Let's get over there now. Hi <laughs> ho, Ned. But what about the subprime directive? We can't interfere in the evolution of this planet's inhabitants unless there's some real profit potential. (coughs) And then, of course, all Confederate corporations will have the green light to race over here and start munching away at its virgin resources. Indeed. We believe that this planet belongs to the Yim Sibbets, and any profit we can get out of it 
can be shared with their most corruptible elite on something like a 99 to 1% basis. Of course, their 1% will be paid in unredeemable Confederate war coupons. <laughs> well, I say, looks like old Captain Perry traded in his studious cowboy guys for a grizzled, bent-up, bearded prospector look. I've tried that one on for size myself for a spell. I say I like it. It's a time-honored tactic for the primaries. It tests surprisingly well in cavemen-exclusive focus groups. Fools! That's not Captain Perry! That poor bastard's about two feet shorter for one thing. I say, well, they're just about to stretch his neck. That might help in the area of size disparity. <laughs> I think you're right, Mr. Ned. This convict also lacks Rick's much-envied mane. His hair was always number two on the debate stage. <laughs> number two! Hearty execution. There are strangers that have come among us. Oh, I say, please, don't stop on our account. We're anxious to see your technique here. Like, what kind of rope is that? And what kind of wood is that scaffold made from? Is it ponderosa pine? Nothing I like better than the smell of ponderosa pine mixed with the sound of laughter and the righteous justice of the executioner's swift hand. Who are you? You're not clowns. You're not fellows. You're not even friends. What is your purpose here? <laughs> Sveds. Wait a minute, Captain. Let me handle this. My brain is just brimming over with theory. I just need to put some of it into practice. And this looks like a perfect opportunity. These people are so much like us. I mean, look at them. They're even able to get some enjoyment out of an old-style hanging. Very well, Mr. Pearl. Give it a shot. This is probably not such a good idea. <clears throat> Greetings, friend. We do, in fact, come from a far-off place. Our tribe is very much like yours. We're white, and we don't have any scary customs or smelly foods. Ugh. Nor do we partake in inaccessible dancing. We worship one great god that, by some stroke of luck, wholeheartedly believes in the very same things that we profit so well in believing. And so he has made us very rich. Very, very rich. We usually keep to ourselves, and for the most part, stay busy creating delivery man jobs. You see, the burden of having so much wealth just can't be overstated. Anyhow, we heard about the hanging taking place in, um, uh, whatever town this is, and we thought we'd come by and take a peek. I assume that I'm addressing one of the high prefects of this planet. We get beamed into pretty exclusive circles as a rule. Kill them now! Good work, Pearl. Now we get to try on their capital punishment for size. Please tell me those are just foam spearheads that you're holding an inch away from my temples. <laughs> I completely understand. At home, most of the folks coming into our temples also have foam heads. Don't kill me. I'm innocent. You want those other guys that worked in my offices? Don't worry, though. They're all safely locked away in a minimum security prison in a Virginia suburb where, if I'm not mistaken, they've started a rowing club. What's going on here? Put your weapons down, zoo. These aren't clowns. These aren't your enemies. Let's see if I got this straight. There are three enemies of the federal people. One is the clowns. The second is... The, uh... Well, one is definitely the clowns. Oh, my God. Thank heavens. Who would have expected a just-in-time rescue on this show? It's good to see you again, Captain Perry. You wouldn't happen to require a new chief war initiation officer, would you? I feel a particularly urgent need to transfer right now. I don't come cheap, mind you, but I do come with a five war per month minimum guarantee, or else you get your war booty back. It's good to see all of you. 
I'm just glad I got here on time. My delegation usually runs about ten minutes late or so. We like to pique the people's interest. We'll think about your offer, uh, Mr. Pearl. Actually, I'm seriously considering going back into the private sector real soon. Actually, I may have done that already. Speaking of vulture capitalists, how are you, Mitt? How's the outsourcing biz? There's never a down season. There's always another company to take and an empire to meltdown. Ah, take it away. Take it away. What the? I say this native sweet sauce is good. We should get some of this up to the crack ahead and introduce it proper-like to those flapjacks. Don't get any of that stuff on Nixon, you idiot. You heard what he said earlier in the show. You know the foreshadowing bit. That's maple syrup. Or at least he thinks it is. It's like hallucinogenic kryptonite to him. We just don't need him to get any more bizarre than he already is. Thank you very much. Hey, boss. They sound like they want in on your super sugar crisp syrup. Interesting that the people of this town know about syrup. So you've all been up to the crack ahead. Well, then you know what happened. My crew, Mitt. My entire crew are whittled down to nothing by the deadly Green Acres virus. I say, they didn't die for nothing, though. But next time, you might want to have your crew fill up on huckleberries. Nothing I like better than huckleberries in my flapjacks. At least you're okay, Rick. And we can always hire you an all-alien crew. Perhaps one that accepts worthless purple algae for the remunerations. Actually, Bain Galactic is up for the contract to outfit our whole fleet with cheaper and even more expendable crews. Your replacement crew can be the first one. They'd be perfect for a plague ship. That's right. And if they infect some planetary system with a Green Acres virus or something, then unhygienic alien temps can be blamed and not Starfleece. <laughs> hey, we may even be able to get a few decent wars out of this. Uh, yeah, well, well anyhow, Mitt, I am just as infected as my dead crew was. But I'm still kicking because I stayed here on this planet and among the natives here. My background in animal husbandry served me well. I locked myself in a shack down here and was able to find a miracle cure. Too late for my crew, but soon enough to save us and your crew on the free enterprise. I say, that's no acceptable way to cure your loneliness, Colonel Perry. It's one thing to have a brief dalliance with a fetching denizen of the barnyard. We all do it. But letting it evolve in its first satanic marriage, one in which you become husband to a beast, is out of the question and out of God's mind. A doc's out of his freaking mind as usual. Still, just to be on the safe side, stay away from me, Perry. Don't try sneaking up behind me with a jar or something. Just remember, I've got eyes in the back of my... Well, just know that I've got eyes back there somewhere. So, Captain Perry, I mean, we're mildly interested in your miracle cure for Green Acres virus, but were you able to determine if there's anything of value on this planet? Um, I mean, besides the syrup... Specifically, is there anything that would warrant ringing the dinner bell for Confederate extractive industries? There was only so much I could find out with the ensuing conflict on the Insipid. There's been some kind of civil war going on down here between the Federals and, uh... Uh... Let's see, the war is raging between the Federal people and their long-time adversaries, the... Uh... Oops. Anyhow, there's been a lot of feuding and a fighting going on between two and sometimes three sides. The side I like is the Federals. They can follow directions, and they know what they're supposed to do in a shack with a mammoth-sized boiling cauldron in it. And they look favorably on Enterprise Zones. 
The other side of the conflict is pure savagery, except without the intellect attached. To think, I used to go in for that. Hey, I just knew that I smelled opportunity down here. I can smell opportunity from a mile away. So when may we start carrying out sorties for one of the sides? And where is the factory that you mentioned? Can it be converted to store munitions? We can't talk here. Not here. I know a place. We're going to the shack, Zoo. I see. Don't tell me he's planning on consummating his beast marriage at the zoo, where all the despicable and brutish animals can watch and cackle over how low God's favorite child has fallen. <laughs> Do you think we can have our lunch at the monkey house? The Fatalution with a giant spear is named Sue, idiot. Now let's go to this alleged shack. <laughs> Why, I say, what a beautiful factory. I'm pleased to see the two of its walls are bulging out like some kind of bloated lawman's belly. Who, by the way, was only going about his Christian duty when he started clubbing down ornery no-goods in the street. A police report said that they were loitering and probably tap-dancing too, thereby creating a colored hazard. They'd be happier in those cotton fields back home. Shut up, Coburn! Somehow you even managed to bring my estimation of slimy segregationists down a notch. Perry, are you really expecting us to go inside that hovel? What the hell is it? I needed to show you folks firsthand what I've got here. I figured if you saw it yourselves, that you'd believe your own eyes. It's a sugar shack. <laughs> Holy cow, we must be in India. <laughs> it looks like a lot of the low overhead establishments that Bane likes to outsource jobs to. <laughs> <laughs> Go inside. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Good God! There's barely enough room to turn around in this place. And it's as hot as a sauna. Aren't you supposed to put the boiler outside? Or at least put in some kind of chimney? Obviously, the dilapidated condition of this building just screams that there must be cash lurking somewhere else in the area. Perhaps in your billfold, Captain Perry? What is it that you found here and are obviously in the process of refining? Is it deuteronium or perhaps cosmonium? I can't get any closer. No android could. Willard, the Nixon android can't seem to get any closer to the door. Or I mean to say the hole where the door once was. We probably didn't require his analysis of anything anyway, right? It would have been erroneous anyhow. I see. Well, this looks like a first-class moonshine operation you've got going here, Captain Perry. What's in the mash? Some kind of otherworldly space cabbage? Do we really need to bring all the show's regulars on these missions? I knew it. I knew it. That smell. That boiler. That evaporation equipment. I've got some on my shoe. It's maple syrup. And now I've bought the farm. <laughs> well, I'm sure that we can arrange to visit your farm sometime, Mr. President. Be delighted to. You know, when people hate you, they don't win unless you hate them. Then they win. Your Belinda, my Belinda, she is my home. Lamps shed cerulean night on cobblestones. Don't touch that syrup.
Nixon just had a maple syrup-induced hallucinogenic experience. Fortunately for the audience's sake, it was all richly illustrated by the song he just sang. Thanks for the recap, Pearl. We really needed that. So you're obviously making genuine maple syrup out here in the outskirts of this scene village. What for? What's the connection between this and the deadly Green Acres fire race? 
Why, it's simply a complete and absolute cure. Can't you see that? It's syrup! The sweetest, most perfect nectar of all. How could it fail to cure any disease or cripplifying condition? It's Captain Colonel Rick's Super Sugar Christ Syrup! And it's a delicacy beyond compare. It's available to serve and to be served. No, it's not that simple. It's about how I feel. Yes, I form this way. So completely not so gay. And I have these values. That's why I never can lose Yes, I was raised this way With my books I've learned to pray And the Lord, He knows me Put nectar in the trees I'm gonna have some flapjacks Serve me up one super stack Mom, hold nothing back, nothing back Take it sweet, it's a fact I would let the whole world be fracked Just to feel my lips smack Rejoice with the king of snacks Think of that, think of that, think of that Oh, well now I'm going this way To some obscure place and I'm not so sure My brand will endure Yes, I'm not so confident What I say and what I meant The proof is in the pudding Surprise you all of a sudden Oh, and I'm gonna mount a surprise attack I want my syrup back I want that sugar shack, sugar shack, sugar shack, sugar shack I want it for breakfast I want it for Texas I want that sugar shack, sugar shack All that sugar shack, oh No, it's not about one breakfast Not a simple Clouds are about to clear up. I will see my path. Help God spread some wrath. Yes, I'm not so sure what's awaiting at that door. Will it be a kind old fable? Will I find a gushing maple? Sugar Jack, Sugar Jack, Sugar Jack
Yes, um, that was just, um, great, sir. Obviously, you've stumbled upon a vast deposit of maple syrup here on Yimsipit. Perhaps the last known supply in Confederate space. Undoubtedly, it should command a high price throughout the galaxy. I'm rich, I tell you. I mean, we are all rich. All! It's the mother load! Talking about in that song. You found no found no syrup here. Captain Perry's gonna keep it all himself because it's natural for him too. Oh yeah, I'm afraid I've jumped the gun a bit. I forgot that I have to do some weaseling first. Captain Perry, have you run any clinical trials with the syrup to see if you can really cure the Green Acres virus? Perhaps you're using the fennel scene as guinea pigs. 
We wouldn't judge you for that. We're only interested in the cash results. There was no time for that. My crew was dying. Boiled down to flat cakes. Every man flapjack of them. I had an obligation to save them and others. So many others. What are you talking about, Perry? You're doing nothing but saving yourself. I heard about your corruption indictment back on Earth. There's been subspace chatter about it for weeks. You were desperate to get out of your Starfleet service contract. And what better way to do it than with saddlebags full of cash? That's why you're here. You're also about the most notorious syrup addict that anyone's ever heard of. You may have also inadvertently violated the subprime directive. By discovering a resources-rich planet while taking the Confederation's dime, you are obligated to give Starfleet a full rundown on the extraction opportunities here. By not doing so, Confederate profits will be presumed lost, and they would be within their rights to charge you for the projected losses of dozens of private corporations. You'll be lucky to get out of this with one or two pints of your best. Well, wouldn't you know, I must have lost my communicator somewhere. Uh, no, you didn't. It's right here. Oh, I get it. Plausible deniability. I'm a firm believer in that little chestnut of a legal tactic. Well done. It's almost as if I've already begun advising you. Well, now, let's see. Both you and that horse have gone and hurt my feelings. Fortunately, I've got an equalizer. Actually, the two of you are going to be hitched up to this fangled stirring device. Round and around this shack you go, a-walking and a-walking, but a-getting nowhere, except for a-putting your all into mixifying up this batch of syrup. You're crazy! There's five of us! Well, four if you discount Pearl. Well, then I guess you'd also have to discount Coburn. Oh, Jesus! Well, we still have more phasers than you, at least. Well, actually, Ned, I left mine in the town square where the hanging was taking place. It looked like we were about to be arrested, and I, I didn't want it to look like I was resisting. I see. Isn't this the damnedest thing? I left mine up on the bridge of the U.S. Crackerhead. Back when I was partaking of that man mountain of better man biscuits. Golly, I wish I had some right now. <laughs> well, I thought I brought my phaser, Ned. I was just letting Captain Perry inspect it. You know how he loves weapons, and he loves doing the old target practice. Pow! 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 It really gets a heart pumping to the tune of Dixie. Quiet now, all of you. Lock up these two in the shack zoo, and let us give them an old work song to sing for the drudgery. What the? That doesn't even sound like our voices. Can't the producers of this show even try just one? And now let's work in a bit of my old fraternity song. Would you look at that guy's face? A credit to the Texan race. First met him in the hallowed halls. Hi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi. Almost tripped up on his balls. Hi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi. A so superior school. Hi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi. Me a right upstanding rule. Hi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi. I'm calling up the stepper dude. Hi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi. Won't try these pancakes for his food. Hi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi. Would you look at that guy's face? Ay, 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 ay. 
a credit to the Texan race. Ah, yes. That brings back memories. Now, Doctor, you're going to start to make an analysis of the Rick's Super Sugar Christ Syrup. Find out what makes it drip so slow-like, and what makes it the color of pure tarnation. I see. I'd be glad to give it a fair testing. Just have your boy bring hither a toothsome kind of lard dough to spread it onto. What about these two? Why, the Nixon android appears to be in some kind of loco state, all comatosified. Still, best lock his metal carcass up in the jail. Put him in the cage next to the enemy chief that we picked up yesterday, Zoo. I could do that. That just leaves me with Captain Fancy Drawers over here. <laughs> Funny you should say that, old Rick. You know, for a Mormon doodah day, Ann gave me a mahogany chest that had the most extraordinary drawers in it. They opened with the slightest touch of the handle. And like magic, they would stop before pulling all the way out. So that way you wouldn't spill your sacred underthings onto the floor where they could become spiritually contaminated by the soiled souls of servants. You know, Romney, the whole time I was competing with you in those primaries, I was fattening up a whole corn pig of resentment. <laughs> Is that so? <laughs> so that's why you endorsed Newt. Well, just keep feeding them corn stuffs. It should pay off come market day. Don't you understand, Perry? This stuff will never cure the Green Acres virus. Most likely because there is no such thing. You invented it in order to justify stranding yourself down here. Also, you could avoid prosecution and become the king of this planet's syrup industry. It's called Super Sugar Christ, and I'm not going to tell you again. Zoo, make the horse stir faster. <laughs> faster, I say. <laughs> well, wait a minute, Ned. What about the crewmen aboard the Crackerhead? They were reduced to their essential Fleckjackian components by the disease. How do you explain that? Simple. The producers of this show never budgeted for us to go on board that ship. So instead of using paid extras to man the bridge set... They just stuck in whatever was handy and put uniforms on them. Apparently someone at Desilu had just cooked up a batch of flapjacks. Ned, won't Captain Perry have to go kill us all now? I mean, since we've got everything figured out and, and since he isn't really looking that good right now. You know, this crew is too smart by one half. And who do I think is responsible for that? Where do I point the finger? Right at the commander, Captain Romney. You know, back there while I was commanding the crackerhead, and even before that, I was thinking about what I might do to you if I ever got the chance. And I came up with three things. The first was to make you run. And all the while, I'd be right behind you, flaunting my weapon of choice. The second thing was... Um... The second thing was... Uh... Was it getting rid of the EPA? Yes, yes. I mean, no. I mean, we need to reorganize the EPA. But all that doesn't matter. The second thing I was going to do was, um, uh, well, I reckon we'll just do a lot more of the first thing. That is until I remember what the second thing was. So get a running, and I'm in now! <laughs> okay, but well, what about the third thing? This is it here! Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> you know, if you have to run for your life through a stereotypical third world village set, try to at least make sure that it's market day. <laughs> Nothing looks better on camera than the hustle and bustle of generic peasants all donning colorless robes and emitting the non-threatening verbal buzz of haggling. Hey, how much for that green alien shag carpet? I couldn't possibly take anything less than 25,000 Zompantos. Just look at the workmanship. It took my dead mother 24 years of the Red Bird just to finish the back part. Well, that must be worth well over a thousand. Well, I'll tell you what. Just rip the back part off of it. You can keep that. Put the rest in a bag for me. My man will be down with 15 Zamatos. That is, once he figures out how to synthesize them with our currency convertilator, <laughs> consider yourself the winner of this deal. Everything from that machine comes out with my face stamped on it. I don't understand. Sorry, gotta fly. <laughs> Someone is shooting at me. <laughs> Somehow I'm not surprised. Oh my goodness, I appear to be cornered. I guess that I shouldn't have run back through the same part of this set for the third time. Oh well, let me learn. You're not gonna get the chance to do either. And this will also save me the trouble of ever having to run against you again in another primary. You and all your loathsome bottomless cash barrels. You know, it's funny you should say that. I've always left instructions for my loathsome barrels to wear trousers. Uh-oh. He looks poised to really, really shoot me this time. <laughs> I'm glad I'm on a first-name basis with a few angels. This stupid phaser is empty. Romney, don't you ever charge these things? Well, my secretary of adapters said that he could never find a core. <laughs> I think it's in one of my shoeboxes. Don't worry, he was slated to be fired anyway. Ouchie! <laughs> I guess I'll take a little nap. <laughs> Please remember to wake me up when your man stops hitting me. Oh. Captain's log, star date unknown. Hey, I can legitimately say that this time. <laughs> I find myself sitting in a prison cell set. It might be one of the same ones used in a few of my favorite westerns. I think that I can make out Gene Autry's signature on one of the walls. A lot of folks said that his music got better during that period, but I found his concept albums to be overly pretentious and wholly derivative. Anyway, there's another man in the cell next to me. He looks quite haggard. Although it's not Merle. <laughs> one of his brothers, perhaps. I think he's the same old prospector guy that was in the process of being executed when we arrived back in scene three. <laughs> hey, fella. Sorry our arrival in town messed up your execution. I can try to use my influence to get it back on track if you like. Yeel. <laughs> it sounded like you said yeel right there. Did I have that right? You had that right, Captain Romney. You know, I think I may be beginning to understand his alien tongue. I'm getting the English translation right inside my head. It's incredible. It even sounds like President Nixon, who happens to be my own personal hero. That was actually me, Captain. I'm over here in the cell next to yours. <laughs> I thought for sure you'd never end up in prison, sir. Especially after my dad and Bob Dole and so many other luminaries spoke up for you. No, no, no. I got away clean from those capers. I'm just here for the day. Captain Perry and his fellow henchmen just tossed me into the drunk tank to give me a chance to sober up from my syrup-induced hallucinogenic state. <laughs> Well, it's true that a night in prison might be just enough to scare you straight and keep you off the dope. It's our time we stir up things in here. Now, Romney, 
Get in the cage with that clown caveman chief fella. And do it now, or I'll triple freeze you with this fully charged blaster. Very well, but I'm not sure that he's receiving today. He said yield to me a bit earlier. I'll come back when you're ready for a box. Just get in the other cell, and think of me when you're getting torn apart by that caveman. Adios. I'll be sure to give your regards to the moderator of the next Republican debate. I'm hoping for Brit Hume. Shit fumes. I remember him. His objectivity is kind of like my honesty. So real to us, but by a cruel twist of fate, rendered invisible to the rest of the world. I always waited for him to interview me, but it didn't happen. We only shared one brief encounter. We were two shits that passed in the night. Oh well, screw him. Okay, I'm in the cell with the caveman. See if you can come up with some subterranean strategy for me to win this vote. Heel. <laughs> you know, friend, I think we may have covered that ground already, but let me check my notes. Yep, here it is. Yeel. But Cromuggin appears to be new. Why don't you keep saying that for a while? That might give me a chance to really take it in. Uh-oh. We're fighting now. You know, I don't understand. I pretty much had the caveman vote locked up last time. <laughs> what can I possibly be doing wrong now? I'm glad he came back to the yield there. What is he trying to say, Mr. Nixon? Accessing. He says that he can bench press 5,000 pounds. That's impressive. <laughs> well, that's really something. Cavemen on this world must spend a lot of time at the gym. I think I'm learning a lot from this workout. <laughs> Looks like we're taking a break. That's good. I think that both of my arms have been stretched out of shape. There, that's got it. <laughs> good thing Mormon body plastic has a memory. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Nixon, is there a water cooler out there? See if you can come up with a Dixie cup. Dixie. <laughs> Would you look at that? Our friend here is learning to talk. Let's see if he can say some other words like mambo. Can you say gum wrapper, Mr. Caveman? Or how about investment portfolio? Captain, I'm having trouble with the cup. My primary replicator is not functioning. I can switch to my backup system, but that begs the question, are you willing to drink out of a Dixie cup that came out of my aft port? You all keep saying Dixie. Stop it right now. That's one of our most holy and sacred words, and you're making a mockery of it. Well, well, <laughs> it's one of our favorite words, too. We love disposable cups and paper plates and all kinds of stuff like that. Some time ago, back home, we even transitioned to disposable appliances. Let's face it, once you've had your staff cook a futuristic polymer omelet, the stovetop is pretty much totaled. It would be wasteful to hire a cleanup crew to melt it back into shape again. It's much more practical to just throw it out and treat it as a tax write-off. That's how things are when you're deep in the heart of Dixie Company. Stop using our holy word, especially with that accent. I think I'm going to be ill. <laughs> Why, in fact, when Bain Galactic turned around the Dixie Corp, it made us huge paper barrels full of cash. Of course, when the liquidation sale was over, we just crumpled up the company and threw it in the trash. <laughs> hey, tell me, Mr. Yeel, why didn't you speak before? Is it because you just couldn't think of anything to say? 
I find that it's always good to turn to the topic of the weather, or how the stock market is doing. I didn't talk to you because you're a suspicious alien that appears to be in league with our sworn enemy, the Fettelstein. Well, now it doesn't matter if I talk to you or not, because our Clarn people are about to overrun the last Fettelstein-held territory. And so what was once Clarn and turned Fettel will now be Clarn again, never to be Fettelstein anymore. <laughs> I understand. You're new at talking, so anything you say is confusing as all heck. Captain, I neglected to tell you that all of the cage doors are unlocked and there's no one standing guard anymore. It sounds like John Mitchell's prison. I wonder if he's in here somewhere. I have another little job for him to do. That must mean that my people have taken the town. Victory is ours at last. Now we run everything, and we don't have to hide our opinions under a bushel anymore. You two can be my prisoners. We'll bring you back to our headquarters. Before we kill you, you can be privy to a ceremony that our elite leadership has been planning. I think you'll like it. There'll be some fighting and some games, and I think we might even surprise you with a few flags. We always do a conga line, too. Sounds like balls of fun. Would you mind if I bring a few plastic gnomes? Jesus, wouldn't you think that this syrup has been stirred enough? I didn't even think that this was an integral part of the process. When was the last time you picked up a bottle of syrup that claimed it was horse-stirred? Or stirred by a genuine neocon. Actually, I would think that it would increase the value of the product. I imagine lines of enthusiastic consumers purchasing it along with flowers and candy. What stirring are you doing, Pearl? You've had your feet off the ground for the last three hours. You're just going for a ride as far as I could see. Sorry, but they've got me hung up too high on this harness. My feet can't even touch the ground. I say, you two pipe down in there. I can't even hear myself test this here super sugar crust syrup stuff. I'm pouring it out in a generous heap of maple right now. Hey, Zoo, bring us another pail of the number five mix. Oh, that's right. That boy ran off, didn't he? You mean our jailer's been gone all this time and you didn't even bother to tell us? I see. I was deep into my work here. I'm on the verge of a gastronomic breakthrough, I tells you. I think I could smell it from here. Unhitch us from this thing or else you'll shortly have a cranial breakthrough to worry about. We've got to go find the captain for some reason. We also need to get our communicators back. Even though, honestly, I don't recall in what scene they were taken from us, but evidently they're gone. Oh, very well then. I'll get your feet up, like. My president, I found this one wearing a dress and false beard and trying to sneak off behind the usual backlot with the three stone rocks. He was easy to catch since he was trying to carry six jugs of the Super Sugar Christ syrup. 
bring him in here and settle him down with the other tall-haired one. Now let us all pray. Oh boy, I like this part. I bet no one can guess what I'm asking God right now. <laughs> Rick, so there you are. Looks like you've been indicted again. Bad luck on that. Well, at least they don't need to take your mugshot. The one already on file is probably recent enough for their purposes. Mr. President, sorry, I also found these three strangers lurking around the marketplace set. Should we just kill them and then stack them up? How about it, Chief? We've got plenty of time for that. First, inexplicably, I want to allow them to view our reconquerization ceremony. It'll probably be the first time in history that condemned prisoners have been allowed to witness such a solemn and important historical event. From first row seats, no less. It's kind of kinky, but in a good way. Now roll out the state flag. Why, see, it's our own colors. The flag of the original Confederacy. But why is she here? How? Captain Willard, I just figured out what's happening here. This planet is like some kind of constipated parallel Earth. I know that the chances of this happening are about 2,000,000.853 to 1. There you go. Evidently, this place has been experiencing a prolonged version of the American Civil War. Except in this case, the North won. And the South is just rising back now to take their rights and property back. Oh, to see it all happening again. The glory unfolding. Oh my God, why didn't I think of that? The Clorns, Confederates, and fellows, Federalists. That doesn't really work, Pearl. I will now speak from the scroll of scrolls, and nearly as holy as the oh-so-completely holy and pretty well-perforated scroll over here. Actually, we can't really read from that one anymore, on account of it being so full of holes. We've got to stop allowing so much celebratory shooting at our national events. So I'll just start reading from the preamble here. It's still legible. I am wishum, I am wasum, in Dixium. Hurrah! Hurrah! Dunk, 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 My liege, he just spoke the sacred words. Not to mention that he just doinked along to the melody of our most holy song. That's understandable. It's eminently doinkable. Still, we might want to put him to death on account of this outrage. How the hell are we going to get out of this one? Trust me, I can get us out of this, and I'll do it for you and you and you. Not so much for you, Romney. I'll do it just as long as y'all remember that I get to leave here with syrup. Understand? Lots of it. Freighter's full, and then I get to come back for more. Free unlimited refills. Do you read me? (laughs) Well, that sounds reasonable to me. No deal, Perry. You're gonna face the music for this sweet little misadventure. And then what's left of you is taking a little coach ride back to Earth, where you've got some other outstanding charges to face. Wow, it sounds like you're intending on holding a Confederation officer accountable for past actions. Is this a kind of one-off thing, or, or will it be setting some kind of precedent? I had an offer to transfer the U.S. Dornan, 
I may have to seriously consider that now. Okay, Mr. Horseman. Can't say I didn't try. Now I'm just gonna have to live by my wits. Oh, that's good. We probably don't have much to worry about then. Mr. Chief Presidente, it's important that I speak and address your distinguished assemblage. I know that this is probably unprecedented during a national ceremony, but let's interrupt our proceedings and hear what the murderous terrorist has to say. Thank you, Your Excellency. I'll not take much of your valuable time. You see, I've been working as a double agent for some time now, appearing to be on the side of the Fettles, working closely with them, and even helping them to kill hundreds of thousands of clowns. But hey, I had to make it believable, didn't I? Anyway, all the time I was actually working for you all. I was exposing these completely godless aliens that are now in our midst. Ah, some are sitting down over there. And what is next to me here? A few of them are over there on that side of the room. Why, that was an extraordinary statement. I think that I speak for most all of us when I say that secret agents to us are for the most part employed in laundry detergent. Do you think you could start collecting our washing on Mondays? Tuesday we're looking to get trash pickups reinstituted. I tell you I'm right, and it's God's truth that I speak to you today, in front of your great people and your divine flag. That man Romney is the most evil man. He is strange otherworldly ways. There are three things that he does which are blasphemous to your Lord. Number one, he fraternizes with a demonic talking beast. We've all seen it, and we're rightly shocked and horrified by its devilish implications. Number two, um, number two is, um, <laughs> number two. He sings strange hymns to his evil desert god, but I think they might be show tunes. I'm sorry, Captain, but I have to look out for number two. Yeah, that's right. We need to reorganize the EPA. Uh, uh, no, um, number one is the thing about the demonic talking beast. Number two is... I say it's that the Mormons have their own planet that they all sail off to when they die. That just isn't right. We don't know what they're getting up to once they're out of sight. Recall that they had to be dragged kicking and screaming away from polygamy and by baking some kind of blackish cake called devil's food. Kronka, I mean, stop it already. Grimpton, Zebu, tie them up and let the two main adversaries fight to the death. They can serve as halftime entertainment for our national ceremony here. I understand that viewership has been dropping off steadily for the last 15 minutes. They're all tied up now, Your Excellency. Very good. Now give the order to start the fight. Your dogs, yo! You are ordered to start fighting! Pardon me for butting in here. I mean, you obviously know what you're doing, but I think this fight to the death might be marginally more interesting if you untie the combatants. The demonic beast might have a point there. Grimpton, Zebu, untie them again. Wait, I've got a better idea. Bring a bucket out here and put one foot of each of theirs into the bucket and fill it with cement. Then let them fight to the death. 
Then you'll have to wait until the cement hardens, won't you? How long is this ceremony supposed to take anyway? I've got an appointment with my chiropractor at 1.30. Another good point for Satan's little helper over there. Screw the bucket idea. Just randomly hit one of them over the head with a chair leg. And then let the other one speak. Yes, your excellency. No, you don't judge. I'm not going to let you hit me again. No, not again. Oh, my God. What are the chances? He got his body tangled in their Confederate flag. Then he tripped over the wooden trunk that holds her sacred, if, if holy, constitution and fell face first into a bucket of syrup. Now that's poetic justice for you. We might need to slap him back to consciousness. My people tell me that the size of the audience for the national ceremony really jumped when terrorist Rick started running. <laughs> you know, back where we come from, you remember that luxurious island we mentioned before? Well, on that island, we have a tribe very much like yourselves. We have sacred and important documents, too, just like you do. And just like you, we've made sure that only the wealthy elite or their paid-off representatives are allowed to interpret their meaning. It works out great! I think that what you're failing to realize is that the free market ideals that you hold so dear need to apply to the fettles as well. Or else everything they have would translate to nothing to your own financial sector. Do you understand? And just to clarify... Nothing would be no number with no zeros after it. <laughs> Not something that I have very much experience with, I have to say. Anyhow, your corporations need a free hand dismantling the Fettelcine welfare state. If you play your cards right, there's going to be a big feeding frenzy in a few days. And you're all in line for some of that super sugar Christ syrup action. I guess you owe Captain Rick some thanks for getting that commodity to start pouring. What? Captain Rick? He came down here intent on plundering the only thing of value on this entire planet! Indeed. He had the right idea, but only lacked the corporate muscle to carry it out properly. Fortunately, Bane Galactic has a vulture ship on its way here now. <laughs> They'll replace Rick's dilapidated Stone Age sugar shack with some really big dilapidated Stone Age factory. It will be able to process millions of gallons of super sugar Christ annually and employ hundreds of corns and fettles. Think of the two former adversaries working together at the lowest possible wage. They'll forge real bonds that way. <laughs> Although they won't be denied the right of assembly.
so much more flair he makes the crowd cheer up and think about syrup syrup now we can't get enough of super sugar Christ tell Six to beam up. <laughs> Something like that. Goodbye, Chief President A. Pet. We'll be back someday, I'm sure of it. You don't have your communicator again, imbecile! I say, are we leaving the broken down unconscious Captain Rick here? Or are we aiming to roll him up in a carpet and haul him back to the free enterprise? <laughs> Nobody knows the syrup business like Rick Perry. We'll leave him here to run the whole operation. He'll do it with crazed love. Oh, I give up! This is Sulu, the director of the episode relayed your message to me. I was actually in my L.A. apartment. Let me tell you, was it convenient? Anyhow, we're beaming you up now. Roll the credits. Jesus.
already well i hope you all enjoyed the five hour long ned show yes it was a well it wasn't a christmas special and it wasn't a thanksgiving special and it wasn't a halloween special it was just it's the thanksgiving special (laughs) maple syrup that's what that's a train matt that's what people have on thanksgiving so welcome to november welcome to november welcome to november welcome to november Yes, uh, this is our post-election apocalypse episode. Yes. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, at least Mitch McConnell has a job. <laughs> Mitch McConnell, as played by Gabby Hayes. <laughs> or by Walter Brennan. I'm not really sure who it is. <laughs> Captain Romney? <laughs> I'm not really sure who plays what part anymore. Some hick. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's another good night for Walter <laughs> Brock. <laughs> it was, was a very good night for Walter Longdale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure glad that uh, that plan to save Mark Pryor <laughs> really worked out well. That's right. <laughs> Everybody was like or, falling over themselves to like try and yeah. get support to him. Yeah. Or Begich or whatever his name is up in Alaska. Oh, Begich yeah. too, yeah. yeah. Him as well. Yes, I'm glad we bent over backwards to save them all. And Mary Landro. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> I do declare. We could still save her. We need the Keystone Pipeline <laughs> to save my neck. <laughs> it's the vapors. <laughs> I've got the vapors. Or is vapors raising off? It's rising off the pipeline. Because <laughs> it's spilling that bituminous oil all over my plantation. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, those are the Democrats we're trying to save. Yes, that's great. <laughs> we're trying to save them from, I guess, the cavemen that we're running yeah. against. <laughs> Let him go. <laughs> They're running against people that literally go, Oh! Rah! Rah! I'm going to vote for that. Rah! <laughs> I guess his name is Rah. Og's got my And I don't mean the sun god. <laughs> I'm voting for Rah. I don't mean the sun god. I mean the caveman over there. I mean the caveman who says raw. <laughs> the only thing he knows how to say. Yeah. He's a raw Republican. <laughs> He's a raw Republican. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was course, a bit of a massacre. It was Governor Comb over one. So that was. Yes. I guess he had a caveman running. Yeah, Comb over. Yeah. But yeah. he didn't win very, very much. And so did that refugee from the Blue Man group down in Florida. Oh my God! Yeah. You mean uh, Rick, Rick Scott. Scott won? Yeah, no. Yes, he won. They somehow, yes, it's like somehow like terrible like governors <laughs> that nobody liked won. Yeah, even LePage. Yeah, somehow LePage. he like LePage Scott glued Walker himself won, to the too. Scott to the, Walker. Won, yes, too. I know. And, and Rick Watson, Rick Snyder. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, Michigan's yeah. like and Kasich won. Oh, you're kidding. No, basically. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Are you sure? I ain't quite sure. Oh, my God. Yep. Well, it's a good day for fracking, then. I know. Nina Turner lost, too. Nina but Turner how about Tina winning. Turner? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's got a very similar name. Yeah, you're right. She would have been a good attorney general over there. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. That sucks. That's okay. Well, you know, 37% of the people voted. That was like the lowest know, turnout yeah, since 1942. Yeah. And I believe in 1942, there were a few people away from home. <laughs> like, in uniform. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but the funny thing is that... Fighting Repu- you know who. <laughs> Some of the Republicans have been like fond of saying, well, this is the largest majority we've had since 1929. <laughs> 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 Which is like, I don't know if you want to point that out. <laughs> There's something about that year. Yeah. And everything was going so well then. Yeah. Huh? Yes. Quite so. So, yeah. That was a massacre. Yeah. It was like 2010. You know, it'll take us many years to live it down. Yeah. 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 Nice yeah. work. We could look forward to impeachment hearings. Anyway, that'll be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. We could look forward to... <laughs> To Senator Inhofe. Yes, in <laughs> charge of the Environmental, environmental Committee, committee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be good. <laughs> no more Tom Coburn, though. Yeah. I yeah, he retired. Yeah, he retired. A few, a few luminaries retired. Yes. Time. He's still in the no lane. No more book. Michelle Bachman, either. 
I know. That's disappointing. Yeah. Some of our favorite people. I know. But don't worry, they're being replaced by... Charles Romney! <laughs> they're being replaced by new cave people. <laughs> it's the new cave people. It's the new That's a good cave. name for me. Yeah, it is. The new cave the, people. The new cave people. That's called There's a Caveman in My Soup. There's a Caveman in My Soup. There's a Caveman in My Soup. <laughs> oh. So what the hell is new, Joe? We can't talk long because I have to go. Oh, I know, yes, and God knows you've got a lot on your plate because yes, tomorrow's yes, the start yes, of God knows yes, what. it's Kapow Pow Day. Tomorrow's Kapow Pow Day. Yeah. This will be a few days past by by the time you hear this, but yes. Yes, many days past. Yes. I'll, I'll be happier in many days past. So if you're <laughs> listening to this years from now. Many days past. I'll be even happier. Hunting season begins now. in New York State. In the 15th. Well, technically, Joe, hunting season is already on. It's just various... Technically. There's different hunting seasons, Joe. There's different big game seasons, Joe. That's right. And then you have the southern zone and the northern zone. Oh, that's right. And we're in the southern zone. And all those fathers and sons... We're in the southern zone, I think we... <laughs> I think we had enough of that from the Ned Show. We had a little bit enough Dixie. We had about 40 songs in that episode of Ned, too. I hope you all enjoyed them. None of them were finished. No, they were all pretty half-baked. Yeah, you'll notice We'll that come out with more finished versions. You'll notice that at some point. <laughs> instrumentation was at a minimum. Little sparse. Very few harmonies. Yes, a little sparse. But listen, you, you did you want this show to come out soon or late? You want to come out sooner? People good. want so much. <laughs> yeah, no. Do you want sooner? Well, we want figure well, we can never turn it out good. So we figure soon we can do good. Less, how That's about less bad? Oh, Jesus, sorry about the bad. Sorry about your head. I'm sorry about your head. Didn't mean to do it. Now you're dead I'm sorry about your head And several butcher's aprons I was thinking we might want to play um, A song that would be appropriate For the episode of Ned that we just played Oh what would that be? That would be the um, What the hell is it called? Don't Tell Rick don't tell Rick. Don't tell Rick. Because I think we only played it once before yeah. on the podcast when it first came out. I'm sure I can put my hands on it. I'm not going to play with a chord. I'll play with something else. I'm sure I can put my hands on it. Yeah, I'll play with a roll of scissors. <laughs> roll of scissors? Now yes, a, we have a roll of scissors. Now it's a spool of CDs. For some reason, my brain said roll of scissors. <laughs> it's a sizz. It's a sizz. Yeah, we can uh, we can dig that up. Let's Would play it right now. It? Wouldn't you bury it? Let's play it right now. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. Hello. 
Fantastic. It stands up, Joe. It stands didn't, up. Didn't we uh, start to do a video for that? <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, it was like it was going to be our Rick Perry launch video. Yes, we were going to have for songs in the key of, of Rink. I mean, Rick. Songs in the key of Rick. We were going to, ha- to have a video that had that featured us running away from Rick Perry, who was trying to shoot at us. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we, we, we were doing it in our basement. A, we set up a green screen. <laughs> Very primitively. Yeah, in the Cheney Hammer Mill basement, yeah. (laughs) Joe (laughs) stand on his head so that I could just get get his feet upside down running against the green screen. (laughs) (laughs) He did it. I actually did it because I was asked to. And of course that tape now is famous on YouTube. <laughs> have you ever looked at that? <laughs> no, I don't think I have. <laughs> you I, well, it. I uploaded it, so I saw it then. You what? 
I upload. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I'm sorry. I downloaded it onto my computer. I did not upload. It. I, was gonna say, I uploaded it to YouTube. I saw it was as it was going up to YouTube <laughs> <laughs> and being distributed right. to millions yeah. of people. I was just advertising it as Joe, <laughs> jackass. <laughs> Look at this fool! <laughs> it's really just us, like dodging shots. So. Yeah, right. It's yeah. like Rick is shooting at us. And I originally, <laughs> I originally talked to somebody that I work with who's a gun person, <laughs> like <laughs> asking him if he would like shoot up one of our records, <laughs> so I could like film him in slow motion shooting the record. <laughs> Pow, he said pow. yes too. I never did it, but yeah, like, we were gonna do a king size, like cover, yeah, like an album size cover. Yeah. And then I decided I was gonna animate that part, and I actually went a little ways in doing that. Oh, you did? Well, it was very primitive. I never saw it. Yeah, no, I didn't. Listen, Joe, I was too busy with other things. Yes, giving lectures and I administering tape, powders and liquids <laughs> to the sick. <laughs> Liquids for the sick. Yeah, well, sorry about the episode of uh, Ned Trek. It was long and convoluted. But terribly sorry. It did more or less follow the plot of the Omega Glory. It was shameful, shameful. One of our favorite episodes of the original series. <laughs> the original Star Trek series. The original Star Trek series. I've got it in my collection. <laughs> One of my many collections. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mr. Sulu wasn't in hey, that episode hardly at all. Well, he was in the previous one so much that I think oh, we yeah. decided to give him a rest so that he could stay in his California is apartment. That, actually, you know what, Joe? That episode was written before. Oh, yeah. That you're talking about okay. so How could that be Interesting, true? yeah. You see how yeah. history is made? <laughs> history is made up. <laughs> yeah, last month he was like... He was the star. <laughs> He had a lot of Just lies. grab a pencil so I can give you the self-destruct secrets. Yeah, we, you had a Doc in command of the Star Trek. Yes, Doc was looking, looking for the planet of all yellow docks named Blue. Looking for the... What the hell was he calling it? The pan, was the, was the home? Scrimshaw. <laughs> Hamburgers. There's no such blood in his every Scrimshaw three. Yeah. Well, in case you missed it, folks, it was the last episode, the last incomprehensible, non-musical episode. Mr. Stephanie G just told you that, so, so you wouldn't drive us through that supernova again. That's right. The supernova. Yeah, well, anyway, we're dissembling. Lots I guess I'm going to have to go because it's okay. very late. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back um, maybe for the holidays. <laughs> we'll come up with some kind of holiday clip show. <laughs> yeah. Some lame-ass holiday clip show. Yeah. I, actually, I know we're in trouble because we would have had to write it by now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's, nothing has been written. <laughs> I'm afraid that doesn't seem to have happened. That was terrible. <laughs> so, but anyway, as you, you could understand, now these episodes have gotten kind of complicated. Yes, they've gotten a little long and complicated. So, well, uh, and the toothbrushes down at the jail have gotten kind of old and frayed. And we still use them. <laughs> I, every time I brush my teeth, I have to go to the jail. 
<laughs> see if see if uh, Spike is done. <laughs> that's that's the best incentive to go to jail. I think it's just to get your teeth brushed. Do you want your teeth knocked out? Nah. I said nah. I said bite me. I don't want it. I said. <laughs> I said bite me. I'm not going to that place. Not going there again. like our ending song. Yeah. I'm gonna wait till it comes go. around again. It's time for us to go. It's time for us, it's time for us, it's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us, it's time for us, it's time for us to go. It's time for us, it's time for us to go Time for us to go Time for us to go And didn't know he was going to get fancy at the end Good night Good night then Good night. <laughs> well, that's all we got. That was pathetic. This is Big <laughs> Brought to you by two very tired people in the basement. That I didn't seem to be featured in your and by Henry Kissinger. I, I wanted to sing one of my songs again. And by both of the Koch brothers. Well, neither of them. Davey and Chucky e. Cheese. <laughs> Davey and Chucky e. Cheese. Check us out at big-green.net. Follow me on Twitter. Sorry, you'll be sorry. At Big Green Joe. Yeah, see you next month. <laughs>